0: um, uh, we're kicking off a new series today, and the series is entitled The Colors of Christmas, and, you know, we sing all types of great Christmas songs, uh, some of which are centered around Jesus, others which are centered around snow and Santa Claus and, uh, all, and, and gifts and presents, and I, I love Christmas songs, um, and, uh, over the course of this series, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the history of Christmas, uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, but the, the, the story of uh, the, the uh, history of Christmas and this holiday um, is actually not rooted in Jesus, but it was, it was rooted in pagan holidays. And uh, so I'm going to talk to you about uh, how we got from there to here and, uh, and about the goodness of God. I think you're, you're going to be really intrigued. Um, but with that, I don't get too caught up in, uh, well, this, this, this Christmas song sings about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Right? And I can't have that in my life because I serve a God that is, uh, I'm, not gonna, I'm just going just, just to save that. That's coming later. Uh, so good. Um, but today we're going to kick off with this song. And so we'll sing a song and each song talks about one of the colors of Christmas and, uh, and gives us a little bit of a part of what Christmas is all about. But then I'm going to come back and I'm going to tell you why Jesus is really the answer and, and, how, and uh, the good and the bad of these Christmas songs. Does that sound good? All right, so today's are you, are the, are you guys ready? Uh, so we're going to kick it off today with a song written in 1950. I'll tell you a little bit more about it in a moment, but it's called Silver Bells, okay? You all know it, uh, so sing along with us. Let's have a good time. It's okay. Uh, I, I know it says that this day is all about Santa. It's, it's incorrect, but we'll, uh, we, I think we're big enough in here to understand what it's all about, right? Okay. So you guys ready? Hey, how you doing? (laughs) All right. This is what happens.
1: (laughs) I sit on a chair.
0: (laughs) You (laughs) weren't ready for jokes.
1: So how are things?
0: I'm so glad you guys did what I practiced with you. And um, in 1950, Paramount Pictures was uh, filming a new movie called The Lemon Drop Kid. Has anybody ever seen The Lemon Drop Kid? Way before my time, I didn't watch it. But um, say what? Behind you. Oh, I thought you said neither did you. What are you doing, um, and so they, they, they wanted, it was set in Christmas in New York City, and so they wanted a new Christmas song. So they hired two guys, uh, well, well, they had two guys on their team uh, that worked for them that wrote movies. Uh, Jay Livingston and Ray Evans uh, didn't write movies, they wrote songs for movies. And so they said, hey, we came to you and they said, we want you to write us a new Christmas song that'll be a Christmas hit for this movie, The Lemon Drop Kit. The guys were like, man, we don't really want to do this. They said, Christmas songs, we sing the same Christmas songs every year. Every time somebody writes a new one, it's always a flop. It never does any good. And we're at the end of our contract, and we, do, we, don't, want to get, we don't want to be trying to renew a contract on a failed Christmas song. <laughs> but they said, no, you've got to do it. So they went in there, and they sat down, and they, they sat across the desk from each other, and they decided to write this song. Now, take into account, they're from New York City. They're writing a song about New York City, and they look over... Um, on their desk, and there's a little bell on one of their desks. It inspires them uh, and reminds them of the silver bells that the Salvation Army guys and the Santa Clauses ring on the street corners uh, as people are giving during Christmas time. And it reminded them of this generosity that they referred to as the feeling of Christmas. In the air, there's a feeling of Christmas. Now, interesting note the song was not originally called Silver Bells. They actually wrote it, Tinkle Bells. <laughs> tinkle Bells. And the guy goes home, and he tells his wife, man, i got to tell you about this new song. It's going to be great. It's going to be a hit. It's called Tinkle Bells. And she said, are you kidding me right now? And he's like, no, why? And she goes, do you know what tinkle means? He's like, yeah, it's the little tinkle bells that they ring. She goes, no, 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 tinkle means going to the bathroom. <laughs> so, and so they went back, and they changed the song from Tinkle bells to silver bells. What I love about this song um, is that they grasped something. That the feeling of Christmas is, is not just about spending lots of money, but it is about generosity. It's about giving. And I think they got that right. The problem with these writers was they, they got the feeling right, but they got the why wrong. They said, this is Santa's big day. No. In the air, there's a feeling of Christmas. There's a, there's a feeling of generosity, not because of Santa, but because of Jesus. So today, I want to talk to you about the feeling of Christmas. Let's pick up and let's read. Um, why don't we just read some of the story of the first Christmas in Matthew chapter 2. Verse 1. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. If you're there, say Amen. If you're still getting there, say, hold on. Okay. (laughs) If you didn't bring your Bible, say, whoops. (laughs) 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 Oh, thank you, Jesus. That's incredible. Okay. <laughs> Matthew chapter 2 verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we, he, we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. over the place where the child was. Verse 10. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house where they, where they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and they worshipped him, and they opened their treasures, and offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh, and being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way flip over now with me if you will to john chapter 3 verse 16 or you can just stay where, the, where you are and i'll read it to you for god so loved the world that he gave for god so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life feeling of christmas begins with a gift god was in heaven and he said i need a plan to save this world from sin and he said i've been i've been prophesying about it and i've been speaking about it for thousands of years the entire old testament is is full of prophetic words that point to Jesus. They're called messianic, messianic prophecies. They are prophecies about the Messiah. And, and finally, on one day, God said, now is the time. And He gave a gift to the world. In the air, there's a feeling of Christmas because God gave us the most extravagant gift that has ever been given. He gave His only Son. Billions of presents will be given this year. Billions over the course of time. But none compare to the extravagance of the gift that God gave us. The feeling of Christmas begins with the greatest Christmas gift ever. And His name was Jesus. Um, When God gave us Jesus, He gave us life. He gave us life. He He gave us an opportunity to live bigger, bigger than we could have ever lived on our own. He gave us an opportunity to live a more full life, a better life than we could have ever lived on our own. He gave us life. When God gave us Jesus, He gave us hope. He gave us this living hope, this great hope of, of that our future will be better than our past, That our, that we have a hope of spending eternity in heaven with Him, and that hope has an assurance because God said it in His Word, and if we give our life to Him, we can live with Him forever. He, th- when Jesus came, He brought us salvation. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. Work hard for sin your whole life, and your pension is death. death. But God's gift, gift is real life. Eternal life. Delivered by Jesus, our Master. When, when, when God sent Jesus to us, He gave us real life. He gave us eternal life. And I'm so glad that He did. It's this gift that, you, you know, uh, the things of this world, they come and they go. Money comes into your hand. And for many of us, before you even see it in your bank account, they've already taken it out. So the things of this world, they pass away. Cars break down. Homes break down. Uh, money passes. With food, we eat it. Uh, but, but, the, but the gift of God... It's something eternal. It's real life and it's eternal life. When God gave us Jesus, He gave us so many things. He He gave us wisdom. Here's what the Bible says in James chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. If you need wisdom in your life today, all you have to do is ask god and he will give you and he's not going to say well you know i'm going to just barely give you just enough to get by when i used to go to kids camp uh we we still go every year and send you know hundreds of kids to camp every year when i was a kid we would go and dad would sit there and as we were leaving he was going to give us money right so that we could survive on because the camp food was not good Right. And so he would sit there and you would see him. He'd be doing math in his head. He'd be like, okay, they're going to give in the offering. They're going to buy a few go-kart tickets. They need a couple of bucks a day. Okay. I'm thinking $20 will barely squeak them by. And I mean, no joke, man, we'd be down to the nickel. Like I've got one quarter left. Okay. If I save that, I can get a piece of bubble gum after church tonight. You know, we, and he would, we would dole it out for three days, man. We were like, because you know uh, dad was teaching us how to spend our money wisely and we had to make sure we were giving to god first right and uh, so we taught but that's not the way when uh, and, and listen i'm gonna be honest we had to do the same thing with my kids they come it's like dad it's time for camp i'm like how much money you got <laughs> well i got 12 dollars. okay that's a good start but uh, you know <laughs> but that's not the way god gives when you need wisdom in your life, he doesn't barely give you enough. He doesn't give you just enough to squeak by, but he gives generously. He says, "I'm going to give you so much and I'm not going to bring sadness with it or shame or reproach. He said, "I just want you to get I just want to give it to you. Just here, take it. Go. You need more? Here's more. There's an endless supply of wisdom available to us." I get concerned because I think wisdom is one of the most needed gifts of God in today's world for Christians all over. And it's one of the most, the the things we ask for the least. We would rather ask God for a miracle after the fact to save us than wisdom before the fact to help us through. But God gives generously. All you've got to do is ask. And I think today, I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know if you're facing tough decisions. I, I had to face some really, really tough decisions this week and some very difficult things. And I needed God and I needed His wisdom. And and uh, I, I got... I. I, I um, I had several ways that I could go in responding to a, a difficult, difficult situation. We, we, we had some business things going on, and the, the other party just was not understanding why it was working. It was, it was causing stress and anxiety to our team and our volunteers and, and to me. And I was, I was just struggling and struggling and struggling. And I called my dad, and I said, Dad, here's my two ideas. I don't like either of them. What do you think I should do? And he said, here's what you should do. And so I wrote the email. He told me to write, but I couldn't send it. I was troubled all night long. I was up all night long, just troubled in my spirit. And I finally, I said, I got up the next morning and I just said, I can't send this email. And I don't make a habit when my, my you know, when, when my pastor tells me this is the way you should go, it's usually exactly what I do. But this time I just, I was troubled in my spirit and I couldn't send it. And so I got down on my knees. I said, God, I need wisdom from you right now. And I kid you not, I heard God begin to write an email for me. And I stood up. And I, don't, I'm not, I, wasn't telling, I wasn't planning to tell the story today, but I stood up and I, and I began to write as best I could exactly what I heard God say. And, and I called Pastor Kara and I called my father and I said, here's what I believe I need to do. i got to send this. And it was a totally different direction than we were planning to go. And I sent the email and I sent it off and I sent it about 1130. And I needed to hear from them in the next couple of hours and I got nothing. And I'm calling the boss, and I'm calling the boss and I'm call- all day. I've, I called like six times. Couldn't get them to answer the phone. Now I'm getting like, oh, God, what did I do? <laughs> like, what did you get me into? And at 530, out of the blue, my phone rings one time and then cuts off. And I texted them. I was like, did you mean to call me? <laughs> and they responded, and they said, uh, yes, I left you a long message. No joke, three minutes and 36 seconds. <laughs> it was a long message. Here's the point of it we were totally wrong. I totally understand where you're coming from now. We're, we've already started the works of getting a new plan in place to do what you're talking about because our plan was not working. I, oh my goodness. I, I called my dad and I said, I, said I, I, I felt so much like immediately the anxiety just, just began to, I mean, I, it just re- was released and I, I, would, I just was like, I can breathe again. I was like, Oh my gosh, Like I don't know why y'all didn't get this two and a half weeks ago. When I told you this the first time, you didn't believe me. You just, we were like, I don't, it's very simple to the rest of the world, but you couldn't get it. But suddenly they got it. And I called my dad and I told him and he said, "Randon, you heard from God and it changed the situation. And 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 I, I just want to speak this word today. I don't I don't know where you are, and I don't know if if you're facing difficult situations that are causing you stress and causing you anxiety, and you're not sure what to do. But I just want to encourage you today that if you'll ask God, He's going to speak to you, and He's going to give you wisdom, and you're going to see it turn turn around. God did what I couldn't do when He wrote the email. God gives us so many gifts. He gives us, uh, in in Acts chapter uh, 5, verse 32, He gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit. He gave us this gift that goes with us everywhere we go. And He's the gift that gives. And and, and He is the gift, uh, the, the Doria, and He brings gifts with Him. We have access to all these things. Why? Because God is so generous, He gave to us. And it all started with giving His Son, Jesus. And that's the beginning. Understanding that God is a good, good father for us. And we didn't deserve this stuff and we can't earn it. Man, you, you can't earn the wisdom of God. You can go through life and you can gain experience and you can gain wisdom be- from man, but you can't earn the wisdom of God. You just ask and He gives it generously. You can't earn the Holy Spirit, He's a gift. You just ask. And as a good father, he says, here is the Holy Spirit. You can't earn salvation. You can't earn that real life. You can't earn that eternal life. You just say, Lord, I'm a sinner. Help me. Come live in me. Be my God and my Savior and my Lord. And he comes because that is the good father that we love and that we serve. And so because, of, because God gave, the wise men come and they give gifts. We'd have no uh, evidence that these were uh, men who were uh, Jewish men or Christian men who or who served our God, but somehow they knew there was something going on here and they had to come and bring gifts. The Bible says that they opened up their treasures. Now I want you to know something. When he says he opened up their treasures, he was not being figurative, he was being literal. The Message Bible says they opened up their luggage and pulled out expensive gifts. The generosity of God unlocks in us generosity as well. The Bible says this in in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 through 19. Uh, Tell those rich in this world's wealth to quit being so full of themselves. Don't look around right now. Eyes on the screen. And so obsessed with money. Do you know anybody like that? Obsessed with money. Which is here today and gone tomorrow. Remember I said the things of this world, they they come and they go. Uh, Tell them to go after God who piles on all the riches we could ever manage. Tell them to do good. To be rich in helping others. And I love this. To be extravagantly generous. This is the, the, the English Standard Version says charge them, command them, tell them. If you're rich in this present world. Now some of us in the room, we're sitting here saying, you know what? That's not me because I'm not rich. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm excluded from this one, Pastor Randy, because that is not me. Well, let me tell you just a, a couple of things uh, that might change your mind. Uh, if you own a car you're richer than most of the world. If you have food in your refrigerator, clothes on your back, and the roof over your head and a place to sleep, you are richer than 75% of the world today. How about this one? If you have money in the bank, a little in your wallet, spare change on, on your dresser somewhere, you are among the top 8% of the world's most wealthy. You came in here and say, well, I'm not rich, so that verse doesn't scribe to me. Well, for most of us in here, we are among the top 8% of the world's most most wealthy. You're rich, and you didn't even know it. (laughs) So this verse does point to us. We we live in, in, in one of the richest countries in this world we have blessings that that we take for granted. We don't even know. If you don't realize it, go on a mission trip sometime. It'll put everything back into perspective, and you'll realize that even when we feel broke, we're rich. And so he said, for those that are rich in this world, you've got You've, you've got some things. You've got clothes on your back. You've got a little bit of money. Maybe it's not a lot. Maybe it's not as much as the person sitting next to you. Maybe you were struggling this week just to pay your bills. I understand. But you're still rich in this world. God says, don't be all about money. Don't, don't be obsessed with money. But, but give generously. Be extravagantly generous. You know, this involves two things. Number one, it, it involves being generous with God, giving to God. And I want to challenge you in this Christmas season. Uh, as we go and we, and we buy gifts and we get presents and we give to everybody that we can. And, and uh, you know, so much money this, these, this holiday season. will be put on credit cards and we'll spend the rest of the year trying to pay it off. And, and uh, that happens every year to families all over. Don't forget about God. In all of our gift giving, we cannot forget to to put God first. Be generous with God. Finish the year strong. If you're behind on your tithe and you're behind on your giving, catch up first before you go out and buy presents for your family. Because if you put God first, He'll bless you. He'll take care of you. He'll take care of you. Uh, you know, getting that one last extra present for your kid, is it, 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 it will only take you so far, but putting God first will change your life and change your family. You see, sometimes we think that if I'll just get my kid exactly what he wants, it'll turn his attitude around. Maybe for about five minutes. But if you begin to put God first in your life, He'll invade your home and the Prince of Peace will step in. And He'll begin to rearrange the atmosphere of your life. Don't forget to be generous with God. We give to others. And I encourage you to give to others. We do good for others. You know, yesterday we had our Angel Tree Day. And and I want to thank you for your generosity. Every year, uh, the people of Triumph, we go out and we buy Christmas presents. uh, We buy gifts for kids whose parents are incarcerated. And and you may not know this, but the gift doesn't come from you. When it says, Merry Christmas, Johnny, it doesn't say, Merry Christmas, Johnny, here's your gift that Pastor Randon bought you. No, it says it's from their parents. And then we bring them here and we give out all the gifts and we have so much fun. I've got some some pictures uh, of the day yesterday. Would you like to see a few pictures? Uh, Let's roll this video really quickly. Uh, You know, we we served over 200 kids, and we were able to buy them They didn't leave with, like, one present. They left with, like, arms full and food, and we got to pray with them. It was an incredible day, and I want to honor Thyra Simon and her entire team uh, for doing such a wonderful job. Let's, Let's just watch for a moment.
2: from Silver bells all seem to say, throw cares away, say, we will throw cares away, Christmas is here, bringing good cheer, to, to young and old, making the bold,
0: What a great day it was. I want to thank everybody who came out and served for the cooks and the people and for those that bought presents. Thank you for being extravagantly generous this Christmas season. Uh, one of the great, uh, joys uh, that I had yesterday, uh, on the way here, I was talking to my kids and, and, uh, I was talking about how this is a day when we're giving back and we're being generous, like God has been to us. And this is not about us. This is about serving people. And and when I looked at the video, uh, and I saw my kids serving people they don't know and, and and can't they're not helping them. They're just giving. I thought, you know what, God, that's what it's all about. And. Um, my, my little niece, Quinn, who's uh, f- uh, four, she was driving in the car and they had all these presents they were bringing to give all these away. And her parents said, you know, Quinn, these presents are not for you. We're giving these away. And she, she's a little dramatic. She said, oh. But I encourage you to teach your kids about... <laughs> About generosity and giving back, especially at the Christmas season. Because God gave to us, we give to others. You know, we had another event this week in, in Bridge City, and one of our elders hosted an event. And uh, they did a big uh, Christmas program, citywide Christmas program. They had like 400 people there. And they raised uh, over $4,000 that will be given throughout, through the ministerial alliance in, in Orange County. Will be given out to families in need throughout the holidays and throughout the year. Uh, and, and that's the type of things that are happening. I, I got an email this week. This just came up for the first time in 15 years. Uh, we have been given permission to have a Christmas party for 150 inmates at the female uh, prison here in town. And 15 years, this hasn't happened. And uh, so, so we're, we're, we're raising some funds, and we're going to be able to g- bring them all presents. And, uh, man, if you'd like to be involved with that, uh, let us know. I mean, this, this, it's an, a great opportunity. And uh, we go minister to them on a regular basis, but we've never been able to just celebrate Christmas with them. And we're going to be able to bring them gifts. Isn't that incredible? Uh, um, and, and then on December, the I believe the 19th, uh, we'll be right here in, in, uh, at a park in downtown Beaumont. And we'll be giving gifts to uh, the homeless and, and women and children and men who are homeless and who are desperately needy and will be uh, teaming up with Love's Lunch Shack Ministry to do that. And and I love that the the, the people of triumph understand giving and generosity especially at Christmas. And I just want to honor you for that and say how proud I am of all of you and all of our campuses that give back every year because that is the feeling of Christmas. Giving back. Uh you say, well, Pastor Randy, I, I uh, maybe I can't buy the gifts, and I, I, I couldn't show up, and I, I missed Angel Tree, and I wasn't able to be a part. But you know what? Um, you can do something. Let me read you a couple of stories, true stories. A week before Christmas, an 8-year-old Jesus follower uh, named Jacob went door to door in his neighborhood, making himself available to do odd jobs. He took all the money he had earned, And all the money he had saved in his piggy bank. And he went to the mall to buy the nicest winter coat he could find. He's from up north. The reason? His buddy at school stood on the playground during recess in an old oversized sweatshirt. Shivering because his parents couldn't afford to buy him a coat. So on Christmas morning, Jacob handed his buddy a $160 North Face coat and says, Jesus wants me to give you this today. And then he reached into his pocket and he pulled out $37. He said, this is all the money I have left, and I want you to use it to buy whatever your family needs. Eight years old. A six-year-old girl named Rebecca baked brownies and stood at the entrance to the library at the University of Kentucky on Christmas morning and gave free brownies to any college student who walked by during that week. Why are you giving away free brownies to total strangers? A Muslim student stopped and asked. Rebecca's a little sassy, so she put her hand on her hip and with a no-duh kind of tone said, because Jesus wants me to, that's why. Little did she know that this Muslim student had been wrestling with what he believed and had been questioning the tenets of his faith for over two years. Dumbfounded by her emphatic response, he said, Well, can I come to church with you? Sure, you, she can. You can, she blurted out without consulting her parents. <laughs> Here's my favorite part. Instead of bringing this Ph.D. student into the big room with all the big people on Sunday, she took him to her children's ministry classroom where he sat on the floor and heard about a lesson about Jesus' love for Zacchaeus. After months of sitting on the floor with the kids and listening, he took a stand for Jesus. He was baptized, and his, his family told him they would kill him if they ever saw him again. But as scary as that, th- that threat sounds, he's safe And he's safe because he's saved. And It it all happened because a six-year-old girl partnered with Betty Crocker and the Holy Spirit. (laughs) One more. Um, One high school student went to the bank and he emptied out his savings account. He had been saving for a car. He went to the Waffle House and as he got to know his waitress, he felt like what God was saying, she needs help. So he ordered a 75-cent cup of hot chocolate. Then he put $1,000 in an envelope, stuck the envelope between the salt and pepper shaker, went outside and hid in the bushes to watch her reaction. When she opened it, she put her hand over her face and started to cry. So overcome by emotion, she sat down in the booth, and as he ran back inside and hugged her, he learned that she was a single mom trying to raise two two teenagers by working three jobs. That family is now active in his local church because of that moment. Fifteen minutes later, at the very same Waffle House, another family from the same church walked in and ordered breakfast. Their waiter was a struggling college student who was behind on his bills and had just been told that he would not be able to return the following semester until he paid off his debt. To make matters more frustrating, his car had broken down and he couldn't afford to pay for his repairs, which means he couldn't get to and from work. So the the family went to the very same bank, The high school student had gone to and the parents emptied one of their accounts and they took a check back to the restaurant. They wrote him a note that said, we believe in you and we want you to be able to pursue your dream of being an artist. So this should cover your debt and the next two years of college. We've also enclosed the keys to our car. It's the blue Volvo sitting next to the newspaper stand outside. Jesus Gave his life up for us so it seems the least we could do would be to give you our car. And they walked home that day. You know, we may not all be in a place when we can pay someone's college for two years or give our car away. But a six-year-old girl baked brownies and changed the life of a college student forever. We can make a difference. Paul instructed us. He charged us. He commanded us. Do good. Be rich in helping others. Be extravagantly generous. For that is the spirit of Christmas. Because God gave us Jesus. The wise men gave gifts. And so do we. But not only that. Because God gave us Jesus. The wise men came. And they fell on their face. And they worshipped. They worshipped. The message Bible says, overcome, they fell on their knees and worshipped. When they came in, he was just a baby boy. We're a little unclear, but we think he was about two years old at this point. And and when they saw him, something began to change with him. And overcome, they fell on their knees and they worshipped and all of the feeling of Christmas and all of the giving of presents and all of the good that we do, we cannot forget that it's not about the presence we give, but it's about the presence of God we receive. This first gift, it was God leaving heaven and invading earth. And now his presence remains here. There's a scripture in the Old Testament that says, God, rend the heavens and come down. Meaning tear the veil between heaven and earth and come down to earth. That's no more. Because the, the veil has been rent forever. And now he is here and he is present with us. Will you worship God this Christmas season? I want to challenge you. We're going to sing this song. But I want to challenge you to make sure that your Christmas is not just about the presents you give. But about, it's about inviting the presence of God into your life. Would you worship with us for just a moment?
2: It's your healing touch and joy so free. That's what I want. That's
1: what I need. It's your perfect love. Oh, it's, it's your still small voice. It's your healing touch and joy so free.
0: Midst of all of it. It's not just about presents we give or presents that are given to us, but it's about the presence of God. Father, I thank you for invading our space today. I thank you for your presence that when you sent your son Jesus, it changed everything for us. And Father, my heart will be one especially in this season that does not forget to worship you. And to put you first, you're our King, you're our Lord, you're our Savior, you're my best friend. We worship you, Father. When the wise men came, the Bible said that after they worshiped, they had a dream. And when they left, they didn't go back the way of Herod, but they went home a different way. Here's what worship would do in your life. It will change you. And when you leave the presence of God, you'll leave in a different way. You come in struggling and anxious and stressed out and worried and not sure. When you get into the presence of God, that fades away and the Prince of Peace takes over. And and you gain wisdom and you gain understanding. But more than all of that, you gain God inside of you. And when we lift Him up, He invades our heart. I want to speak this word over you today that when you leave here whatever you've been struggling with and worrying about and stressed out over that when you leave after getting into the presence of God we're going to worship for just another moment but when you worship him all of that is going to fall away and you're going to rise above and you're going to leave here a different way I don't know where you are. I don't know what's going on in your life. I know what I've been going through. And I just believe that God is going to remove all of it off. That anxiety is slipping away right now. That stress and worry is slipping away right now. That, that a lack of understanding of what to do next is, re, is being removed. And as you get into the presence of God, He's giving you hope and life and peace and joy and good things. I'm gonna pray over you. They're gonna worship for just another moment, and then our host is gonna come. But leave here different than you came in today. Father, I thank you for the people of God. I thank you that because you gave to us, we're able to give to others. And when we do it to others, Father, when we give to others, we're doing it as unto you. Lord, I thank you for the gift that you gave us in Jesus, your son, it changed everything, changed everything for me, God. It gave me a reason for living. It gave me a reason for being. You you saved me and you gave me real life, eternal life. And I'm so grateful. So God, my response is just to worship you today. Lord, as we come into your presence, I pray that we would leave a different way. Now we came in carrying the the worries of this world, the cares of life. Lord, we're leaving them here for it's your great desire to take them and give us peace and rest and hope and joy and happiness. Father, we receive that now in your presence. Amen.